This is just a disclaimer to let y'all know that we are not professionals. Uh, as the title suggests, we are uncertified financial advisors. As always, consult a licensed advisor before you make any decisions based on what we say, because we do not want to be sued. And we are back. How are you doing, Garrett? Well, man, how about yourself? Good. It's been a little while, but I'm... Uh... Excited to be back. I'm excited. Yeah, to, back uh, by popular demands. You know, um, after that tax evasion joke last episode, I got a call from um, Mr. Biden, and mm -hmm. he asked us to take a one month sabbatical. Right. Um, I don't even know what that word break. means, but uh, <laughs> and I, if you're a viewer and you do, I'm I may just be behind. But yeah, Mr. Biden rang up our our tellies. He hit me up on Facebook Messenger. Yeah, so um, anyway, we took a little bit of a break, and we are finally back by popular demand, as mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. uh, now, you guys just, you, you couldn't get away from the boys. You had to have more episodes of the Uncertified Financial Planners podcast. Too much money. We, we got to help you all manage it, you know? We're getting that's sick. What, that's what we're not paid for. Exactly. You guys were so sick and tired of having to pick your own stocks. You were like, we want some uncertified college bozos <laughs> to do this for fun. Our proud Americans to, to give us our, uh, our advice again. So, well, our YouTube was too much effort. Google was too much effort. Investopedia. All that is, it's just not worth it. It's just so much better to have to, you know, like you said, bozos explaining it. Yeah, why not hear from bozos? And it's just so tiring hearing from professionals. Let's be serious. <laughs> I mean, who wants to understand all that Wall Street mumbo jumbo when you can talk about Costco hot dogs and memes? Am I right? Uh, exactly. Dude, I am just so sick and tired of the superficial oh, baloney <laughs> that, that professionals uh, throw our way. I just want to hear it from a kid my age. And uh, well, that's what that's what we're here for, and so we're glad yeah, to I mean, finally be back. We're not Wall Street bets because we're not that stupid. We're just slightly less stupid. We are the most intelligent, unintelligent investors in the entire <laughs> universe. That is how to be safe, right there. Yes. Yeah, so as always, we are uncertified financial planners. My name is Ethan Unger Bueller. I have with me. Yeah, Rudolph. And you are officially talking to us nice, so let's get into <laughs> it. Today, <laughs> you want to uh, outline this before we dive into the first thing, what this episode is going to be about? Yeah, I, I can do that. Um, so we've talked about, you know, what stocks are, what to look for in a stock. We've introduced ourselves. And now we just figured, well, it's great. They know about stocks, but how do they actually buy a stock? How do they actually enter the market? So today we will be talking about how to enter the market. Um, you know, some ways that you can enter the market, some tips for first time investors uh, that we had to learn the hard way, especially me. Um, and it's going to be good. 
Uh, we'll talk about a little bit, a little bit about mutual funds and ETFs because uh, those are also equities uh, along with stocks. And then we will also talk about dollar cost averaging because that is very important in a time like this where the market is significantly down from where it was. Mm -hmm. And we're talking more about destinations than mediums, destinations for your money rather than mediums to invest through. You know, we're not we're not talking about, oh, Robinhood, TD Ameritrade, Fidelity, whatever. Um, it's more focused on like general terms. Is that is that a good way to put it? I'd say that's a perfect way to put it. We're going to look, we do the research so you don't have to, but we also suggest Okay, I threw that in there. We also suggest <laughs> to do your own research just to make sure, um, because like we say, as always, we're not professionals. So yeah, um, we like to give you the terms, and you are the one that has to research the terms, um, I guess is a good way to put that. But yeah, you put it yeah. perfectly. Yeah. Okay, so, so let's jump right into this, Ethan. What uh, is your destination to enter the stock market? Where are you going? Oh, there's uh, a few different ways of getting in. You um, have 401ks through your, your work, uh, Roth IRAs, traditional mm. IRAs, you have brokerage accounts. Um, and those, it's, your, like, it's, your, it's your responsibility to look up what those are and find out what's best for you, how much you want to put into those. Um, is, it's all kind of... The specifics are your decision that works best for your risk tolerance and your financial situation. Um, we're planning on diving into like IRAs and accounts and stuff like that. More specific. Exactly. Uh, just a little bit of an overview, everybody. Um, yeah. So, you know, you have Roth IRAs, traditional IRAs, 401ks. Brokerage accounts. Um, I, I mean, there, there may be other ways of doing things, but those are the ones. Those are the main those ones. Those are the main ones. Um, now that you know that, kind of time to get into the tips for for new investors. Is that right, or am I missing something? Mm -hmm. righty, great. So, um, I'll just start out with the first one. That is, before you do anything, before you pick what you know medium you're using. Is that the right way to use it? I believe so. Before you pick yeah, yeah. what site you're using you need to, and how much you're going to invest, you need to establish a plan. You need to ask yourself mm -hmm. three questions. Maybe a few more, maybe a few less, but three questions that definitely stick out. How much can I invest? What can I afford to lose? Similar questions, not exactly the same. And what is my goal? Is my goal to make, you know, get rich quick? If so, stock market's not for you. Is your goal yeah. is your goal long term? You want to retire healthy, five hundred k plus in your retirement account. Um, yeah, this is probably this. I think. Let's just say I think there's two questions you forgot. How much is the Big Mac, and is the Costco hot dog still a dollar fifty? Yeah. So I, I mean, that was almost world breaking that I forgot those two questions. No wonder you're uncertified. <laughs> I mean, dude, if the Costco hot dogs more than a dollar fifty, move countries. I don't even think move countries. I think at that point you should just expect to like pass away in the next six months because it's probably start repenting. Exactly, it is probably <laughs> the end of the world if it's more than a dollar fifty. 
Um, one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse yes. is the Costco hot dog. Yes. All I'm saying, dude, is if it goes lower than $1.50, must be heaven, baby. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, anyway, thank you, too. Yeah, sorry. sorry. We, we got off topic. We're, we're two guys with a little bit of personality and a lot of knowledge on the market. Uh, so let's get back to the knowledge part. <laughs> um, so you might want to ask yourself, what does the Big Mac cost? No, let's get back into it. So <laughs> you might want to ask yourself, what can I afford to lose? Is that $1? Is that, I mean, if you're only able to lose $1 in the stock markets, I mean, let's just put it this way. A dollar today is literally worth negative monies. So if you can't afford to lose more than like $1,000, you, you probably shouldn't be in the market. You know, yeah. obviously you can start in the market with 100 or 500 or 200. It doesn't matter. The point is, what are you comfortable losing? If you were to put $100 in right now and lose it all tomorrow, is that going to make you feel significantly uncomfortable and in pain? If so, the stock market, you're not ready for it, and that's okay. Everybody has different timelines. That's why you need to figure out your goal first and establish a plan. Mm-hmm. Moving on, kind of on the topic of what, what can you afford to lose, and that is understanding risk. Um, you have to understand your tolerance and how you would feel if you lost some or all of the money invested. Uh, you know, if you lost all a hundred dollars and you're like, you know, wanting to jump from your bed to the ground and land on your noggin, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you probably should not be invested in the market. But if you're okay losing a hundred dollars, cause you know, you know what, I've lost all a hundred dollars, but if I put another hundred bucks, it doesn't mean I'm going to lose that a hundred dollars. Maybe that hundred dollars yeah. serves to two hundred. That's not even. a, yeah, and then you're even, and that's not a rich quick thing. That's uh, you know, maybe it takes ten years to recoup your hundred dollars. Um, that'd be. And on the eleventh year, you go from a hundred to a thousand. And then you're like, holy doly, I is worth the wait. That's what you would say. And so you just need to understand your risk and establish a plan. Um, don't have to be in order. I mean, maybe you want to know, maybe you know a little bit about the market and how risky it is, and then you establish a plan. It doesn't matter. The point is you need to mm-hmm. understand your risk and establish a plan before you invest. Yes. Because those Third. people that invest without a plan always lose money. I mean, and that w- everybody on Wall Street bets, dude. That guy that bet his uh, life savings account on American Airlines and lost $900,000, he didn't have a plan and he didn't understand his risk. Yeah, and he probably jumped off his bed to the ground and landed on his noggin because uh, he was so upset. <laughs> probably Me- couldn't afford a Costco hot dog. I mean, if you can't afford a, hot, uh, a Costco hot dog, literally text my number. I'm not going to put it on this show, but literally text my number. I will buy it for you because you are missing out. <laughs> you are missing out if you haven't had one. Now, once you've understood your risk and established your plan, you need to diversify. So you put, mm-hmm. you've, you've understood the risk. You're putting your money into, let's say you go with a brokerage account because just in case a rainy day comes, you can still pull your money out. It may be taxed, but you can still pull your money out with a Roth IRA or traditional IRA. I don't believe you can without taking like heavy fees. So mm-hmm. you, you've got your, your, uh, your brokerage account. You're like, man, you know, should I go all in stocks or some bonds or fixed income? And you're like, I just need to, you know, seek a professional. That's a great idea. But you also need to understand that 
they can't just go in there and be like, oh, I'm going to buy GME and or, which is GameStop or or AMC or American Airlines and try and trade the highs and the lows because you will never predict the market. You need to be in stable. You know, occasionally may jump 5% in a day or may fall 2 or 3 or 4% in a day, but is typically just in an uptrend that is stable and not volatile. Um, oh, yeah. So you need to invest across a, a range of asset classes, uh, regions, and sectors. Um, and that will help to mitigate your potential losses and maximize your long-term returns, which is the goal. That's right. That's right. Yes. And this next one is probably the most important that has been said so far. Actually, that's probably not true because they're all equally important. But this is one that I found myself fall into big time when I first started. And that was I chased the tips and tricks. You should not chase the tips and tricks. What do I mean by that? mean internet and youtubers are quick to call stocks the next google the next netflix or the hottest stock of 2022 Don't fall for it i definitely have that's why i'm stuck with like four or five stocks that are down 80 percent right now uh, and i'm wanting to literally grab the stock and spit on it i can't but i wish i could because i fell for the tips and t tips and tricks and uh messed me up good it really did you can go back to gamestop and american airlines and amc and all those they literally have segments on the news now about meme stocks that people speculate so much like roblox you know i'll be watching the cnbc market updates and um you know jim kramer is talking about meme stocks and how they're all over the place like they're just they're anything the crowd does usually is not wise yeah, if you see, if you go to Yahoo Finance, you type up a stock and their their average volume is a hundred thousand. Randomly, one day or a few weeks in, like later, they're trading around like ten million shares a day. That's probably something you should stay away from because it's not safe. Yes, it's not short short term. It might be nice. You might take a little ten dollar profit or a hundred dollar profit, but long term, you are gonna probably lose that. No firsthand. And then some. No firsthand, not because I did it, but I know someone who has. I don't know how they came out on uh, on that video, but I know it probably wasn't comfortable because you have to constantly babysit it, and that is not what we mm -hmm. want to do. We want that passive income, not that active management. Am I right? Can I get a amen? Amen. All right, talk to us nice. Moving on. Um, so we have said, let's just go back over the four that we've gone over so far. Don't can't speak. Don't chase tips and tricks. <laughs> A little tongue twister. Say that five times fast. Don't chase tips and tricks. Diversify. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh my gosh, just can't get any better. <laughs> Understand <laughs> risk and establish a plan. Maybe next time I go through the list, I can actually speak English. So perhaps. Perhaps. I doubt it, but we'll. Doesn't hurt to try. Um, yeah, yeah. Moving on to the next one. You want to invest, not speculate. So mm -hmm. you don't want, you know, the basically the reason why we're in this position that we are right now is because valuations of companies went crazy. Stocks that had literally no intrinsic value, or com sorry, companies or stocks. You can call them either, but companies that literally were worth nothing being valued like 
way, 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 way too high. Like they literally admit mm-hmm. negative earnings, terrible cash, uh, cash flows, terrible balance sheets, uh, and they're being you know priced at a hundred or two hundred dollars a share, and you're you're scratching your head. Uh, what in the world's yeah. going on? So that's you know that's a speculative play. Or look at cryptocurrency. You know the people that. Oh my lord! Don't even get me started. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll move on quickly from that, or we'll probably be you're ranting. You're gonna trigger me. Yeah, we're gonna be ranting about it for the next two hours. But goodness, that's why you're seeing stocks that are eighty percent down because they're literally worth nothing. They're worth twenty percent of what they used to be, uh, and that's mm-hmm. that's why you're seeing that. So you want to invest in quality companies. Warren Buffett once said. It's far better to buy a wonderful company at a fair price, a fair company at a wonderful price. If you didn't hear that the first time, definitely rewind because that is extremely important. I'd much rather have a wonderful company like Ford at $12, a company like Netflix at $300. Um, It just baffles me how they went up after negative earnings. Right. That's that's insane. It's ridiculous. They had positive earnings, but... Um, less than estimates on two counts. Like, that's insane to me. Oh, it's ridiculous that... that I mean, I, I guess I somewhat understand with Netflix because it, it was better than expected, but it was still negative. So yes. it's just ridiculous um, that you can buy a fair company. Not saying Netflix isn't a good company. I mean, I have no idea. Maybe it is. I'm not a fan. I think it's poorly ran. Um, yes. The point is, you know, don't put your money into Rocket Lab like I did. Which is down from the twelve ninety nine price tag I paid to about four bucks. Don't pay stupid amounts of money for a company like Rocket Lab. You could buy, you, know, you could put that money into something like Google. Well, Google was way more expensive back then, but something Commercial like shares, right? Something like you know Apple, which is like one hundred and forty bucks, or Disney. You know, actually, co- like companies that are worth what they're what you're having to pay. Yeah, and part of that is you know getting advice from an advisor or. You know, learning to look at balance sheets and statements to seeing does this company actually have worth? How does it compare, etc. Right. Don't feel like embarrassed to ask for help. Like the number one thing, and that goes across many spectrums, but especially financially, like it's okay to be like, where do I put my money? Like I'm down a hundred and fifty dollars of my three hundred dollar portfolio. What do I do? How do I come back from this? It's okay yeah. to ask. So um, obviously you can ask using our Discord channel uh, for help there. I mean, obviously it will be not professional advice, but you know, join the Discord channel. We can point you the right direction. Right. We. Yeah. I mean, we just because we're not certified doesn't mean we don't know what we're talking about. Um, somewhat. So we just don't know enough to get paid for it, or don't have a piece of paper that says we can get paid. <laughs> exactly. Um, but let's move right along. Join the Discord. Join the Discord. I to put that plug in. Invest. Join the Discord. Wait. Oh, yeah. Hold on. Join the Discord, please. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Next step. Next step. Next point. Invest regularly. So this means whether the market's down 60%, which we haven't seen since like 08, 09 financial crisis when it was down like 49 mm-hmm. or 50% or whatever. Invest regularly. It doesn't matter. You may... Investing little and often is something better than investing large lump sums. So it's better to invest yeah. $50 a month than it is $200 in January, $300 in February next year. 
$1,000 five years from now. It's better to do small chunks of change. Um, this kind of leads us to our next talking point um, before we get back to the next three points. But what is dollar cost averaging? Well, dollar cost averaging is consistently investing over um, periods of time. It does, like Ethan said. Yeah, like 50 bucks right. a month. Yeah, so dollar cost averaging is literally just picking five stocks or whatever, whatever you want to be invested in. Mm-hmm. Just putting, let's say, $50 a, a month in each of those. So maybe you have four, so you're putting $200, quick math, $200 mm-hmm. total a month, but $50 into each of those. So let's say one month it's at 14 then the next month it's at 13 You buy one share each time. Let's just simplify it. So now you have 1350 instead of 14 and let's say it goes mm-hmm. down to 13 again. So now you have what, 1333 instead of 1350. So you're slowly getting cheaper. So then when it finally does back to 14, you've made money instead of being breaking, like instead of breaking even. Um, and yeah. that's why dollar cost averaging is so effective, is because you know, making small increments and small payments, not even payments, but small investments into these companies allows you to get them at cheaper prices. So when there's a bear market, you're getting them for six months at a way cheaper price than you could have in November of 2021. Yeah, and your, your average price gets lower and lower and lower and lower and lower. Exactly. So that when it goes back up, you're making more than you would have. Exactly, and you're, you're also getting more shares. It's not that you're just, oh, I have one share and it's now 1350. It's now you have three shares and it's at 1333. So, yeah. and that's exactly why you also want to reinvest your dividends. Um, it increases your margins. Right. And so getting into reinvesting, you want to consider reinvesting. This is literally the next talking point. You want to consider reinvesting dividends and other gains back into your investment portfolio. One, because you don't get taxed on them, I believe. Not if you don't want to withdraw it. Right. So it's not a capital gains unless you take it out of your account. Exactly. So if it's reinvested, you're not getting taxed. You're getting more shares, sometimes at a cheaper price. Um, and that's how I have 1.5 shares of Apple instead of one share of Apple, which, you know, is not a lot, but still it's more than I had before the dividends. 50% more. It is exactly. Um, so let's kind of just go over the points real quick and then I'll finish the next two and then we'll go over it one more time. So I'm going to start out by establishing a plan. Uh, you know, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't go on Google and look up plans for first-time investors because, like I said, you don't want to chase tips and tricks. Um, you want to make a plan that is established for you and is is individualized for you. So you want to establish a plan. Now, under budget, budget, how much money you have exactly, and how much would it you hurt to lose? Right, exactly. You want to understand yourself. You need to know your risk tolerance, um, which brings mm-hmm. us to our, our our second point, which is. Understanding your understanding risk and uh, what you're comfortable with. Um, after those two steps, you want to diversify. All diversifying and picking which investments you want to make. You do not want to chase tips and tricks. That is very dangerous um, because obviously they're telling you, "Oh, you should put all your money into this." Well, it's not their money, so they don't really care what happens. Um, they just want the clicks and the plays. Invest. Don't speculate. You'd rather have a wonderful company at a fair price and a fair com- company at a wonderful price. Second, or not second, but you know, after that, invest regularly. And you want to reinvest. Make sure you're reinvesting your dividends and other gains. 
And then second to last, you want to reassess. We have not touched on this, but you want to reassess, um, which just means periodically review your investments and make sure they are a right fit for you. Maybe you're like, okay, I've been in the market for six months. I've been very conservative. Um, a lot of conservative plays. I've been, let's say, 80% in short-term bonds or fixed in other in fixed incomes and uh, 20% in stocks. Well, now you're like, okay, I'm okay to have a little bit more risk. That's reassessing. You start to position yourself to 60-40, 60 bonds, 60% bonds, 40% stocks. Usually it's the other way around, but let's say you're more comfortable being conservative. Um, and then as you, you know, or let's put it in the reverse spectrum where you're 98% in stocks as a 20 year old, but when you turn 60, you want to be in 5% of stocks and 95% in fixed income because you're about to retire. Um, So just reassessing and what works for you is extremely important and one of the most important out of all of these. Yeah, for me right now, as an example, I've got a lot of growth stocks that are super down right now in this bear market because that's what growth stocks do. You know, they fluctuate more. So I'm trying to shift more towards value so I can lower my overall beta, which is the measure of volatility for my portfolio, and try and make it a little safer in case there's more bumps in the road before we recover. Exactly. And I'm in the same boat as well. I've been trying to find you know, mutual funds and ETFs, which we'll touch on later. Fit my preference in, I guess, risk, um, because I've yeah. been in a lot of growth stocks, uh, a lot of companies actually that I don't even know what they do. Uh, which is the main problem because I wanted that short, mm-hmm. short, you know, get rich quick. And obviously, that doesn't work at all times like we've seen over the past, you know, two years where it has, or really 10 years where it has. Um, so I've been moving into value uh, stocks like, you know, Ford, O, um, I guess. Maddox. Right. And, yeah. No, is Maddox value? BTX, Maddox is value. Uh, it's a, It's got a 3.09 PE ratio, which I did say oh. does not reach my typical criteria of five or high or five to 10. Um, mm-hmm. But I made an exception because I believed in the company and obviously I was correct. Look at the price over the past. Working out. Yeah, look at the price over the past, uh, I guess, week and a half or two weeks. And finally, to stick to your plan so you know go all the way back to the beginning you established your plan number one and we touched on this in the last episode the number one thing that you need to remember is to not be emotional this is the one mm-hmm. thing and humans are emotional emotional beings that's that's just kind of our nature you have to yeah. you have to say emotional me a piece of garbage and smack it in the face 10 times <laughs> and you have to stick to your plan no matter how much you're down. I'm down 23% on the year. Before this month, I was actually down about 30. So I'm doing pretty good this month, which is nice to say. Yeah. Last week helped a lot. Last week helped a lot. This month has just been good overall. And this week will be very important in determining if it is going to continue or finish um, strong. But mm-hmm. you know, I'm down 30%. Didn't panic. I didn't sell everything. All the time I hear of these people... I need to get out of the market. This new president, this, this new president, that, uh, you know, this policy, that, this policy, this, you know, they're all like making up excuses to, to get away from their plan that they set um, because they don't believe in, I mean, we're America, dude. We're, the day that America fails, we'll, I, I probably won't be on this planet. So moving on, you have to, that's, that's the word. Yes, exactly. We're the best country in the entire universe. Moving on, you've heard all about that. Block out your emotions and the outside noise from others. 
it's kind of going back to the tips and tricks. The stick to your plan is very important. It basically sums up all the points in one. Have to block out your emotions, one. Two, you cannot listen to others. Just because someone's saying, oh, it's the end of the world, the economy's going to collapse. Like I've heard from this one YouTuber over and over again. It's so annoying. If I could see the guy, I'd be like, dude, you got to publish something else because this is old. He's just trying to get clicks just like everybody else. You have to remember your plan. I don't care if the market goes down 99%. Because I don't care if the Big Mac is $5.50. I don't care if the... Well, I do care about the Costco hot dog. I won't mention it. If the Big Mac's $85, <laughs> uh, no one will buy it, so it doesn't matter. But I don't care. You're still, you still have a chance to recover your losses. I, yeah. I think a lot of people would be out by the time it hit 99%, so that's a little extreme. But understand... Know, 20% being in a bear market like we are now, 20% down. You know, we may continue to go down until the when by the time the year's over. Like, mm-hmm. this has been a very mild bear market compared to history. So, just understanding if this stressed you out, you're probably you shouldn't be in the stock market because yeah. it's okay to be like, look at your account one day and be like, wow, I'm down like 2,000 bucks from where I was, or 3,000, or 10,000, or, or 1,000, or 100. Like, oh, crap, that's a lot of money. Like, holy cow. That's okay to, to temporarily think that. But then you got to smack yourself in the face 10 times and say, it's okay because I have a long-term plan and it's yeah. going to be successful. Companies very seldom go bankrupt and you're not losing money until you sell. There's always potential to go back up until you hit sell. Right, so I'm down like, you know, 70-something percent on Rocket Lab. I bought it $12.99. It's at like four-something. I'm not selling it because it, it, it has to do with space. I think space is the next frontier, baby. Especially American space. Let's go. And it's an American company. <laughs> so <laughs> American space. It's literally America it's an American space company. So I believe in it because I think, you know, you know what I think. Talk to us nice. Talk to us. Nice. Exactly. There we go. All right. So now let's just go over the points real quick and then we'll move on. Establish a plan. Understand risk and your tolerance for it. Diversify. Don't chase tips and tricks. Invest. Don't speculate. Invest regularly. Reinvest. Reassess. And stick to your plan. Wow, that's a lot of points. It's 10 tips for first-time investors. From the boys, we are uncertified financial planners. Definitely seek financial advice from professionals. But those are our 10 tips. Um, Three more because I love you guys. Don't be afraid to ask or seek help. I kind of touched on that earlier. It's very important. It's okay to, you're, you're not alone. The, the mistakes that you have made have been made by thousands of others, if not millions. It's okay. We're, uh, we learn. We learn from our mistakes. Mistakes are just as good as success and accomplishments. Okay to seek help. Keep costs low. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be buying these mutual funds with over 1% expense ratios when you only have 100, we'll 100 bucks. We'll get into that in a second. Um, and then you want to start with broad-based investments. I also have a little bit of a investing strategy. It's obviously just a something that I'm going to try and do. It's not something you have to do or that I'm recommending. But you want to start with broad-based investments that cover all the types of you know sectors or whatnot. You don't want to be... You don't want to buy one stock and say, you know, I'm only buying Apple because if you only buy Apple, let's say they, you know, miss earnings this week and they go down 25%. I doubt that would happen if they missed, but let's say it happened. Um, you're now down 
right? And that hurts a lot mm -hmm. more than if it was you had Apple and 10 other companies. It would kind of lessen yeah. the blow, mitigate the blow. So using that as a segue, a fund, these mutual funds, exchange trade funds, those type things are basically owning 10 stocks, usually more, almost always more. Once you own companies and it's managed by a third party. Yeah, so instead of, you know, you picking your stocks, you're buying an ETF or mutual fund that picks the stocks for you. So if you want to have, maybe you're like, I don't want to buy 10 shares of Apple. I don't have enough money for that. I know that that would definitely take up. Actually, that would, that'd be a lot of money. So no, I don't want to do that either. It'd be a lot. I don't want to do that either. Um, I'm not there yet. But... Um, instead you find a, let's just go to my favorite one. You find a large growth, uh, mutual fund, uh, which large growth just means it's large cap. It, it's, it's a pretty much, it's a established company like F N I L X. Uh, that's the mutual fund name. They have literally 2 million shares of Apple, 1 million shares of Microsoft, 65,000 shares of Amazon, doesn't matter what else. Doesn't matter about the numbers. The point is, you can get to, you can be an owner of Apple just by buying this mutual fund. So that's what mutual funds and ETFs mm -hmm. allow for you to do. You don't have to actually buy two million shares of Apple because they've done it already. It's a broad basket of different funds or different stocks for certain purposes. You know, like that growth fund. They're buying companies. They own companies in this basket of stocks that are going to be well-established large companies and leveraged and exposed towards high growth potential. So these companies are leveraged more towards growth, like energy and technology stocks. Um, those are typically more volatile and at a market bottom, they expect those companies to go upwards and make more money than the average stock. So, Ethan, I think next we should get into the different types of funds. Yeah, definitely. So, you want to touch on that or do you want me to start? Either way. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a list pulled up of the most common ones just so we don't miss any. Um, so, we've got mutual funds, exchange trade funds or ETFs, hedge funds, and index funds. Um, so, mutual funds, they are... managed by professional teams like we've talked about um, they trade after hours and they have one price a day um, that you can sell for right so it's a little different than an actual stock right um, in that way but we have different ways of valuating and all funds have some kind of expense ratio um, if you want to get into that Right now, Ethan, or do you want to circle back to that? I know that works. So, yeah, so mutual funds are you put in a buy share during um, market hours, and then around once they've updated their price uh, based on just their net assets, um, that's what you buy for. So, even if you put an order when it's at 1350, if it ends the day at 1360, you'll buy it at 1360. The good thing about ETFs that are different from mutual funds. Our ETFs are mutual funds that trade like a stock, if that makes sense. So ETFs are constantly updating. Uh, the price of them are constantly updating. Um, but to circle back to expense ratios, 
basically you're having to pay for them to manage your their i guess investments so whether that's yeah. active investment or active managing or if they've just invested in 2 million shares of apple like you know fnilx does and they just leave it because they're trying to tr oh. track something like an index so an index fund tracks indexes or indices yeah. i think is how you'd say the plural version yeah that's the plural so s&p 500 Dow jones nasdaq Rus russell three or sorry russell 2000 um, so this FNILX, I keep mentioning it because I am comfortable with, with it and I love it. So uh, now that I'm recommending it, <laughs> I am. FNILX That's a good one. is basically an S&P 500 index fund, but it didn't register as one. And so there's no expense ratio. There's 0% expense ratio. Every single dollar you put into FNILX works for you, not works for them. So one good thing about them but in many cases you'll find one like let's say i don't know ia let's use fagax yes yes so let's use garrett's fagax right yeah yeah it's also a fidelity large growth fund right so yeah and so you are basically paying i don't know exactly the number uh do you one percent paying a one percent expense ratio but but the returns are more than likely going to be you yeah. know, 10 times that, uh, if not more on an annualized basis. Uh, and so that's, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna predictably move a little bit more and make a little more than a, say a zero commission fund. That's just what they're charging you for is that extra gain. Right. And they're more than likely actively managing, which means they're probably updating what they hold more often than what FNILX does, which is just trying to follow the S and P 500. Um, and that's why you see that higher expense ratio because they're literally managing your money. You're basically hiring a financial advisor that you'll never talk to, but basically managing where your money's actually being placed. Yes. So yeah. kind of a rough summary of what all those are. Um, we have mutual funds, ETFs, index funds, and what was the last one? Hedge funds. Hedge funds, yes. We need to actually talk about that. So hedge funds basically do this. Let's say they're all in energy. Like, you know, you got a, a hedge fund that basically invests in energy. So they'll have all these shares of energy companies, but they'll have a portion of their investments in, um, let's say, I don't know, things that short the energy market. So ex things that expect the energy market to go down. I mean, that's just a way of them protecting if we have a year like this. Well, in this case, energy isn't a great example because energy was awesome at the beginning of the year. Um, but it just hedges them or keeps them from being 100% viable, I guess, for expenses. It gives them a chance to actually cancel out their expenses by also having some profit. Yeah. And there's also what some hedge fund managers will do is compose a fund that protects against the volatility of the market by getting things that mm. are a lot safer. Um, so like I have a bond fund that's inflation protected. Um, they get treasury bonds that are not as susceptible to inflation. Um, but to protect against that, you know, it's not going to gain me much. It's got a dividend yield, but it's not going to grow a whole lot as far as its price. Right, but it is safe, and that's what we're looking for in markets like yeah. this. Um, the good news yeah. is we're seeing a market that only happens 27% of the time 
And I'm not saying a bear market, but I'm just saying a negative market as a whole. If you, Here's where I'm getting the statistic. If you took any given year in the history of the stock market, so let's just say dating from World War II, um, let's say it's dating from the Great Depression, just to be more realistic, it has been positive 73% of the time and negative only 27% of the time. So it's okay that we're negative because overall, been positive it's gonna go exactly up. um yeah. a little bit more of these statistics that you probably should know when entering the market um and i guess this is changing gears from mutual funds so sorry for the rough transition but there have been 10 recessions since world war ii um if you count COVID 19 you can say there's been 11 uh, i'm not going to really count that because that's a global pandemic that no one could expect and it literally happened it lasted for mm -hmm. two quarters and immediately went away so and if we have one this year at some point or some point in the next few years, that'll be a 12th. But literally 10 recessions since World War II, uh, that's really not that bad for it literally only being. There's been more than 10 quarters, obviously. Uh, there's four quarters in a year. So for us to only have 10 over the course of 80 years is not really that bad. Yeah. And so that's what it's kind of, you know, oh, man, I've lost $100 in my account this year. I'm down 25%, 20%, 15%. This hurts. Like, it's okay because mm -hmm. we've, this, is, this is natural. This happens. It doesn't last forever, and it doesn't happen often. Um, so it's okay when it does. Ebb and flow, baby. Yes, exactly. And it's healthy for a market to eventually hit a recession. Otherwise, yeah. you go 10 years, 12 years with a bull market like we have from 2010 to right now, and then... Inflation's nine percent because interest rates haven't been touched in, you know, ten years, um, and that's what happens. And also, one more thing that's very important: just because the price is ten dollars right now, that's not saying that that company's worth ten dollars today. It's saying they think that company will be ten dollars in the future. So, stocks discount the future, not the present. They price in the the market right now. <clears throat> excuse me, the market right now down. 17 16 percent because it's priced in a recession that hasn't happened yet and may never happen um but they expect it to and so you have to yeah. remember that the market's placing its price it's pricing itself for six months down the road a year down the road so you have to be a long-term investor it's just got to happen that's how it has to be so that's one thing that th those are three more things that are important to know before entering the market mm -hmm. Anyway, we're at, hit, about to hit the 43-minute mark, Ethan. I say we uh, wrap this episode up. Yeah, let's do it. Um, do you want to spend like five minutes doing our picks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so my pick this week, um, in the spirit of talking about funds and good initial investments in this current economy, VYM is the stock symbol. Um, it's currently... 104.04 a share but it is down on the year not a lot it's this is a safer one you know it's going to it's not a hedge fund it's a it's a large value fund but it's going to hedge against the inflation volatility with a consistent dividend because dividend you know it's going to consistently pay you no matter what the stock is worth so if it goes up or down 5%, you're still getting that consistent income, that cash flow. Um, but year-to-date, only down 6%. The category is down 
um, index. This is down. It's doing better than a lot of value funds. It's doing a heck of a lot better than the index. And it provides a very consistent dividend. And I really like Vanguard as um, fund managers. It's got an expense ratio of 0.06%. You invest $1,000, that's going to be $0.60. Cents. Um, maybe if I did my math right, that's just off the dome. Not a lot. Very low expense ratio. But uh, what's your pick, Ethan? Yeah, uh, real quick before I start, I actually am an owner of VYM, and that is an excellent pick and a surprise pick. I had no idea you were going to pick that, and I love I, I called an audible. did call an audible hut hut hike. Um. That was awesome. I actually am in love with that pick. I'm, we're obviously just saying what we're doing, not what we think you should. But yeah, I got that one two weeks ago or last week. Yeah, unfortunately, I actually sold one of my shares of it to buy Ford because <laughs> I sold Ford. <laughs> but I absolutely love it. I still have one or two shares of it. And I bought actually about 112. So I'm down a little bit. But like you said, it's only down 6% year to date. So nothing to be scared of. Got that good dividend. And a wonderful dividend. My pick is, we mentioned gold earlier, or I did. My pick actually has to do with that, and it is IAU. It's iShares Gold Trust. Um, and I'm using it to diversify my portfolio, plain and simple. Uh, it helps me protect myself against inflation. You know, like we said earlier, both of us are we're pretty heavily invested in growth stocks because that were they were king. Those stocks were king for the last 12 years, last decade. Um, so I'm trying to slowly get out of my growth stocks when I can, and move into safer options that hedge myself, I guess, in a sense, against inflation. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what... And, go ahead. And precious metals like that are um, only going to go up in value the more they're consumed, in my opinion. Oh, exactly. Not, yeah, exactly what I was about to touch on. So, you know, it tends to increase in value, gold does, during high inflation periods and economic uncertainty. That's why I love it because right now we're in a period of uncertainty in a high inflation period. Um, and it's convenient, co and it, sorry, IAU is a convenient cost-effective access to physical gold. I don't wanna own physical gold myself because someone can break into my apartment or my house or my dorm um, and steal it. I do want to have a little bit of, I guess, a piece of the pie. Um, just some numbers on it. Expense ratio is 0.25%, so a little bit higher than VYM, um, but not bad at all. Um, that means for every dollar, they take what? No, let's not even do that. Let's say for every $100, it's 25 cents. Uh, so, I mean, that's literally nothing. Um, it's beta is very, very low compared to the beta of the S&P 500, which is one, it's three-year beta versus the S&P 500 is 0.10. So there's not a lot of uh, volatility. This is taken exactly from their website. Um, so you know that it's the truth. A $10,000 US dollar, sorry, that doesn't even make sense because I just said dollar twice. A 10,000 US dollar investment since its inception would now be $40,000. You would afford X your money. Um, year two, no, sorry. Its average annual return is 8.34% um, per year. And that's against the market price, which has been up 8.3%. So it's 0.04% up compared to the market. Big gains. But yes, my pick is mm. IAU. And right before we wrap it up, I have to remind you. Two a few more things than two, but two things. 
We are the uncertified financial planners. Please seek a financial mm-hmm. advisor, a professional financial advisor for any financial decisions. We do the research so you don't have to. Mm-hmm. Get what you pay for. Join the Discord. Exactly. Join the Discord. You get what you pay for with free advice. And then two knowledge of the day things. Between 80 and 85% of all millionaires are self-made. If you feel like you're down and out of luck, don't give up. You live in the best country ever made, brother. It's the United mm-hmm. States of America. And this is just a fun fact. You put your finger in your ear and you itch. It sounds like Pac-Man. Talk to us nice. We have had... See you next time. Yeah, see you all next time. It's been wonderful. <laughs> It's going round and round I'm getting busy, getting nauseous Like I'm going round and about I'm searching through the lost and found I can't be found I'm way too high up off the ground